sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. One of my old friends from the country to the north, from Canada, has been representing religious freedom interests and uh, Canadian Christian charities for a long time, started a new venture, First Freedoms Foundation, on the web at firstfreedoms.ca. And I'd like to find out why and what exactly this new organization is up to. Barry Bussey, welcome back to Freedoms Ring. It's great to be here, Alan. Well, let me just tell you why I just decided that the time had come with the lack of freedom that's being experienced right now in Canada with respect to religious communities over the COVID pandemic, that the time was now to begin speaking out as to what's happening with the lack of religious exemptions being given to people who, for religious reasons, decided not to receive the COVID vaccine. And for me, I saw it as an issue of conscience, and I listened to them, and I heard them, and it was indeed, in my view, an issue of conscience. That was one reason. The other reasons are there are a number of areas in the law and also in the political reality of this country that need some attention. For example, we've got legislation that has just been tabled in the House of Commons in Ottawa that is going to censor the Internet. The government is concerned about what it calls online hate. And that definition is rather broad. It's uh, an issue that we are trying to understand where the government is coming from. We've had uh, hate provisions in the Human Rights Act, the Canadian Human Rights Act, that was actually repealed because it was uh, so broad that it was capturing so many different people, just basically expressing opinions that, um, you know, it wasn't in the minds of the courts, um, a hate. And uh, so eventually the politicians decided to take it out. Now, under this current government, under Prime Minister Trudeau, he wants to bring back in the whole concept of uh, hate. So that is one of the issues that we're dealing with. As a organization, we are wanting... Let me just yeah, comment, okay. because, you know, Canada, its approach to free speech differs somewhat from the United States. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's I, I think it's pretty clear that hate speech legislation as such would violate the American First Amendment, our Constitution. But, you know, in concept, I think that it has been promoted primarily in terms of the LGBTQ community that when Christians present, you know, a what they believe is a biblical view of human relationships, of marriage and sexuality, even if they don't say anything about homosexual individuals or conduct, just presenting the, the biblical teaching on marriage by itself then by definition becomes hate speech. And that's correct. I think yeah. that, you know, the potential for real censorship. And mind you, I'm not in favor of anything remotely justified, you know, in terms of hate. Mm -hmm. The gospel is a gospel of, of, you know, Christ died to save everyone. His love knows no boundaries, right? 
Right. Right. Uh, trying to censor speech is very, very problematic. So if you're in the thick of that issue, and I know here in America, there are groups working on those issues. How do we deal with social media? concerns with uh and i think it's the algorithms that drive uh if you express some interest in a subject it'll drive you to more and more extreme expressions in that direction and it will drive you to uh communities that really are hateful and that's where the problem comes in in my mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and and i think i mean you're you're raising a, a great issue here i find that we had, uh, for example, just a few years ago, um, a major case that went up to the Supreme Court of Canada on a Christian law school, and the, the law school was denied its accreditation simply because it had a definition of marriage that the law society couldn't accept, you know, of one man, one woman, and so forth. And so, um, so what happens now, of course, is when government gets to be defining what hate is, um, and you've got these various groups that are putting pressure on. For example, uh, in Canada recently, the government decided it was no longer going to be giving any money to um, charities. Uh, they have a Canada summer jobs program to hire students and so forth, and they weren't going to give any money to charities that had a definition of marriage that was unacceptable to the government. And that is still ongoing. And they're um, you know, so you, you've got those kinds of things. And so what we want to do at First Freedoms, we want to have open discussion. Um, we're willing to sit down with anybody who has a different opinion than ourselves. Uh, we do um, online uh, interviews, ju just like what we're doing here now. We do um, various blogs, those kinds of things. We also plan to um, just advocate freedom. In, in a general sense, and in particularly freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and inviolability of the person. So those are the three first freedoms that we're paying attention to. Are you also planning a, a litigation program to bring cases in the courts? Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, right now we're just starting, and uh, we are in um, a big need of financial support to be able to do that. But yes, and we also received a special status from our law society here in Ontario, that allows us to do it, uh, to actually take on cases for clients. The way it works here with our Law Society and Law Society of Ontario is that uh, we cannot charge for our time, uh, but we can uh, request funding from the public. And uh, so that's kind of how we're set up. So then that way we're not competing with uh, the big law firms and all the rest of it. Uh, but uh, anyhow, so so we have that special civil society status that allows us to do that. In Canada, when uh, if you bring what we would call civil rights cases and win, mm -hmm. is there a provision for being able to get the, the loser to pay attorney's fees? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that is something that uh, is being used by a number of public interest uh, nonprofits. Yeah. Because here in the United States, the policy that has been established for a very long time is the recognition that these important civil rights can't be vindicated unless the attorneys have the opportunity to get paid at the end of the case. Right. Because they generally can't get paid by the clients can't afford to to pursue these cases to try to vindicate very important civil rights. Right. So we right. have what we call them fee shifting statutes mm. that uh, um, that are really fundamental to protecting religious freedom. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. And uh, the, the other thing we want to be sponsoring as well, um, as time moves on, we want to be sponsoring some uh, freedom lectures. We want to engage in academic pursuits as well so that uh, we're, we're trying to do a whole approach with respect to not just simply litigation, not just simply public advocacy, but let's get into the substantive legal arguments and academic writing as well. So those are the uh, grand schemes of what we want to accomplish over time. And um, to be honest with you, Alan, I've been using a lot of my experience over the years working for the International Religious Liberty Association and so on. And I said, OK, what is it about my previous experience that would be helpful with this new organization? And so those same ideas kind of flowing over here. Well, you know, one thing to keep in mind, one of my many hats is co-chair of an American Bar Association Religious Freedom Committee. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly potential for some sort of interdisciplinary, you know, comparative law type programs as we look at how Canada is addressing issues and how we're addressing them here in the United States. Right, exactly. And and frankly, you know, longtime listeners of Freedom's Ring will know that we have often, with interviews with you and others, held up Canada as kind of the canary in the coal mine, if you will. Yeah. You know, you have a um, a government that has tended to be more aggressive in running roughshod on freedoms, mm -hmm. uh, especially as they implicate conservative Christian values. And so, you know, there have been some very interesting developments. You mentioned the one with the law school being denied accreditation. We covered that story with you right. when it was happening years ago. Mm -hmm. That's right. And uh, so now, of course, it's the whole issue of uh, you know, the COVID vaccine mandates, and we'll see how that uh, plays out in the coming days and weeks. And we just have not seen much appetite at all for any recognition of government or major employees to accommodate religious conscience on that issue. Well, I certainly hope and pray that we're now at the tail end yeah. of the whole COVID thing. And it would seem like we're getting to the place where vaccine mandates no longer seem necessary or desirable as they they once did and you know and i have to say i you know i'm a you know sort of a agnostic when it comes to these mandates cuz you know some of what i read is that for example in new york city there was widespread cooperation and they got you know a lot of uh, police and fire and those kinds of folks uh, agreed to be vaccinated with the mandates um but at the same token, I suspect that there are Canadians who have a similar attitude to Americans who when, you know, whenever the government says you have to do something, their action, their attitude is going to be, go ahead and try and make me. Yeah. And so, you know, the very fact of a mandate, you know, creates a lot of resistance. Yes. And there's certainly... You know, there may be, you know, the, the accusations, there's an awful lot of disinformation and misinformation going out there. But the reality is there's a lot of good reasons that people have for not trusting big pharma and not trusting the government. Absolutely. So, you know, whether or not those that lack of trust is justified in this instance, uh, you know, I've tended to stay in my lane. You know, I'm a lawyer. And I know how to bring cases and analyze cases. I'm not a public health expert. 
you know. Right. But but at the same time, as a lawyer, you do have the ability to be able to weigh the evidence as you have read it and understood it and all of that. And that is something that I think we have been, um, I think, in need of, it seems to me, at least in, even in the courts here in Canada, there's been a, a reluctance to even enter into this. Um, we have um, a judiciary that is not at all willing to, as it were, hear the evidence uh, right now, at least, and we'll see how time goes and how the various cases are going to uh, pan out in, in the coming months. Are there cases in Canada challenging vaccine mandates? Oh, yes. Yes. There are all kinds of them. However, there has been no favorable ruling as of yet. So we're still into um, uh, a lot of appeals and a lot of the courts have been closed as a result of the uh, COVID issue. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of pent up frustration right now in the entire Canadian political, uh, well, in the entire polity is just trying to uh, deal with individuals who, you know, literally have lost jobs as a result. Right. Well, and this is it. You know, I, I'm not all that sympathetic to a lot of the religious objections. I don't mind saying I'm very sympathetic to people losing jobs because of their faith. Mm -hmm. And I guess here in the States now, we've had two court decisions dealing with the military, the last one being the Air Force and saying, you know, this kind of wholesale rejection of religious accommodation requests just won't cut it. Yeah. And ruling in favor of the religious objections to the vaccine. And I think you guys are very lucky to have members of the bench who are open to those kinds of arguments. I have not seen that same kind of sensitivity on the bench here in Canada. Well, we're out of time. Our guest today has been Barry Bussey, director and founder of the First Freedoms Foundation, new nonprofit in Canada advocating for religious freedom and related freedoms on the web at firstfreedoms.ca. Barry, it's been too long since we've had you with us. Glad to have you back and uh, keep us posted. Okay, will do. Thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring. Thank you so much, Alan. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.